history tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this ninth episode of the History Goes Bump podcast. Ghost tours for theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. And we are on the road. Should we start singing on the road again? No. (laughs) (laughs) We are currently traveling through Georgia. And today's show, we're going to be talking about haunted marietta so it should be a fabulous show we're going to share with you a ghost tour that we went on and that we highly recommend to you with ghosts of marietta before we get into that of course we want to make sure you check out our website at historyghostbump.com don't you just love the trucks as we're going by denise i think that sounded more like a dying whale Also, if you want to give us any feedback on the show, want to make suggestions of ghost tours you've been on, places that you'd like to hear about, people you'd like to hear about history, you can email us at historyghostbump at gmail.com. Yes, and definitely let us know about those ghost tours because I have some great ideas tinkering in my mind what are meetups, the special things that people are going to get when they do meetups. And speaking of meetups, if you got the first newsletter the crew review you heard that we have set up a date we're working on the details right now but set aside december 6th for our first meetup in saint augustine florida also i wanted to correct some information i gave you on the last podcast i'd said hey if you'd like to join the spectacular crew group on facebook just search history goes bump and you'll find it well that makes a lot of sense when the group name is spectacular crew so if you search history goes bump you're just going to get our fan page. So search Spooktacular Crew and you'll find the group page there. Please join up. That's a way that we can have a two-way conversation with you guys and be able to have you posting pictures when you go on ghost tours or strange things that you might see or if you want to tell us some of your stories or just to chit-chat with each other. So please join us up there. Also, if you haven't already done it, as I mentioned earlier, we had the first newsletter go out. Subscribe to our newsletter. You can do that at the website, historyghostbump.com. It's over in the left-hand column at the top. You just enter your email address. You'll get a validation email sent to you or a verification. You just send that back in. It's kind of a double opt-in to make sure that you really want to have your name put on the email list. And it's absolutely free, so it's not like you're going to be charged for it or anything. It's just a way for us to reach you and send you some extra information you might not get with the show. And there's several of our listeners out there that are not a part of social networks, so this is kind of a way to keep them in the loop as well. The case of the Greenbrier Ghost is not only unique in the supernatural world, but it is a one-of-a-kind tale in the annals of the American justice system. Imagine if you were able to testify against your murderer after you were dead. In 1873, Elva Zona Heaster was born in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. In 1896, she met and fell in love with a drifter who was passing through Greenbrier named Erasmus, and they married soon after. 
A young boy running an errand for Erasmus to the home that Zona and Erasmus shared found Zona dead at the bottom of the stairs. The local doctor gave the body of Zona a cursory examination after Erasmus had already moved the body to the bedroom and dressed Zona in her finest dress. The doctor made the exam brief as Erasmus seemed very overcome by grief and the doctor decided that Zona had fainted and fallen down the stairs. During the wake and before burial, Erasmus was very watchful of the body, concealing Zona's neck and keeping people away from the body. After the burial, Zona's mother attempted to return the sheet that had been in the coffin back to Erasmus, but he refused to take the sheet. Zona's mother decided to keep it and she washed it because it seemed to have a strange odor. The minute the material hit the water, the water turned red and then the sheet turned pink. Try as she might, Zona's mother could not remove the stain and she took it as a sign that her suspicions about Erasmus were true. Her daughter had been murdered. For four nights after this, the ghost of Zona appeared to her mother. The ghost would explain that Erasmus had been cruel and beaten her many times. On this final beating, the ghost claimed that Erasmus had broken her neck and she turned her head almost completely around to show her mother. Zona's mother went to the prosecutor and Zona's body was exhumed after the doctor admitted he had not done a thorough examination. It was proven that Zona's neck was broken and even more incriminating, her windpipe had been crushed. Erasmus went to trial and his defense tried to make Zona's mother appear crazy by asking her about the ghostly visits something the prosecution had avoided. Zona's mother was unwavering and the people of the town believed her, so the plan of the defense backfired. Erasmus was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison, where he died three years later. Zona's ghost was never seen again, and a plaque on Route 60 commemorates her witness with these words. Interred in nearby cemetery is Zona Heaster Shoe. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from ghost helped convict a murderer. A ghost serving as her own witness to the crime is not only unique, but quite odd. the lights. The party's just getting started. This Day in History On this day, November 10th, in 1864, General William Sherman began his march to the sea from Atlanta, Georgia. There are many references to other dates in November being the official start of the march, but Sherman himself claimed the date of November 10th being the start in his memoirs. Atlanta had been captured by Sherman and the Union Army, and they had decided to press across Georgia all the way to Savannah, and they reached that goal on December 21st, having gone 300 miles from start to finish. Sherman burned his path as his troops went, and unfortunately many historical buildings were destroyed during this time. Sherman's strategy had not been used before and was brave because it occurred deep behind enemy lines and Sherman had no direct supply lines coming to himself. The plan was revolutionary and unique in the annals of war and solidified Sherman's place in history. You're listening to History Goes Bump. So today we are going to bring to you haunted, historic Marietta, Georgia. I want to apologize for the sound quality on the show. Obviously, since we're doing this live and using the voice recorder on the cell phone, it's not a real high production value. So we hope that that's okay with you. And I want to let you know that Denise is piloting this trip, which is actually quite terrifying for those of us who've ridden with Denise. So... 
So she, we won't be doing as much of the back and forth sharing of the history as we normally do. But don't worry, she'll definitely get her two cents worth in. The city of Marietta in Georgia is a beautiful, quaint town rich in history that was established in 1834. The city was founded by Thomas Cobb and named for his wife, Mary. Many of the original buildings still stand in Marietta despite the fire started by General Sherman because he spared the churches and buildings that were used as hospitals or union headquarters. Like the city of Savannah, Georgia, which inspired the building of Marietta Square, Marietta is a haunted city due to the fact that the center of the old downtown area is built above a graveyard. As is the case for so many cities during the Civil War, Marietta was the site of many deaths, and the heart of the city, Marietta Square, was one area of the city where the bodies were brought until they could be buried. The shops and restaurants that line the downtown area have many reports of hauntings by various people and for various reasons. With that whole thing with the square and the bodies, I mean, when she was describing it, we're talking stacks of hundreds of bodies just laying in the square. We decided to take a ghost tour hosted by Ghosts of Marietta, and we had a wonderful time and highly recommend this tour. And in the show notes, we do have the link to their website where you can book your tour online. And then you just show up about 20 minutes before the tour starts and you are ready to go. And for those who maybe don't want to just do this tour, they actually offer three different ghost tours. There's two that would be of people who are maybe not inclined for the spirits of the 21 and over crew. Um, But there is one that specifically goes to all just the pubs. Yeah, so they have a pub crawl, and then they also have a trolley tour that they do in the evenings that's a scaretta, I think is how they call it. Scarietta. Scarietta. Trolley tour that they do as well. For those who don't want to do the walking tour like the one we took, it's 90 minutes of walking, so if you're someone who can't do a lot of walking, that would be a good choice for you. They also do offer day tours on the trolley as well. So make sure you check out that site. They've got all kinds of great stuff going on. Hey, everybody. This part of the recording, for some reason, dropped out for about uh, a minute. And even when I raised the audio, it sounded like I was talking out of a tin can with a pillow over my head. It was bizarre. So I'm just going to add this in, a little edited part. So wow, the sound, I bet it's so much better for a moment. What I wanted to let everybody know is our tour guide's name was Charlotte, and she was very knowledgeable and a wonderful storyteller. We heard stories of murders, accidental deaths, and hangings, and we want to share some of these with you. Now, for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we usually focus on one person or one location, maybe a couple of locations. Obviously, since we're covering Haunted Marietta, and this is a ghost tour that we went on, we visited a lot of locations. So what we're going to do is a brief overview of most of the places that we stopped at. So it's just going to be a taste of all the things that you can experience in Marietta, particularly if you go on this ghost tour with Ghosts of Marietta. We traveled along the railroad tracks, and as if on cue, the train came roaring by, bringing with it the haunting echo of a train whistle. Down from the tracks stood a modest home once owned by the Root family, which is the Root Museum today. The home is in the style of Greek Revival and was built in 1845. William Root was a merchant and Marietta's first druggist. 
The family's young son died in an upstairs room. He continues to stay in the home, leaving an indentation on the bed. Now, a lot of you know and you've listened to our, our previous podcast that we're still up in the air and we don't really believe in children ghosts. So we're not sure if it's a poltergeist just playing tricks um, with the, the staff that works there or if it's possibly just like a residual thing of energy that's just stuck in that, that cycle of, of laying on the bed and leaving that indentation. We heard about the ghost who is a shadowy man with a tall hat that likes to hang out near the tracks. So that is why there's so many ghosts here. Not only was there so many dying and dead on the tracks, but there were suicides along the way. There was railroad collisions. And in fact, the Union soldiers were pulling up the rails all the way along the way, calling it Sherman's bow ties, where they <laughs> yank up the rails. So this, imagine this is where all the ghosts began, right here, and still reside on this railroad. So as we walk along the railroad tracks, you're going to see and hear, at least we have experienced from many of our guests, that they feel that somebody is sort of watching them. They feel there's a ghost here. Now as we move along the tracks, we have several of our guests that have, like I was saying, experienced this feeling that somebody's watching and in fact, we have an account of a ghost who leans right here against the fence listening to our ghost stories. And he is a ghost himself. We call him the ghost of the, the railroad. He is here often because he died here on the railroad tracks. One of the many casualties that happens along these railroad tracks with the fast-moving rail, railroad trains all the time. He's a tall man. He's got a hat very shadowy figure and he's often seen right here and they feel them behind them as they're walking. And so a lot of times people will say as they walk down along the tracks they feel like they're being watched or that somebody's actually like behind them following them. Of course behind me was just a tall guy from uh, Kennesaw, Georgia but you know. <laughs> as long as he didn't poke you I guess you're okay. Nope, no poking going on with this girl. As we made our way towards the end of the path, we stopped outside of a restaurant called Tycoon, that's T-H-A-I-C-O-O-N, which serves Thai food. But it had once been a cotton mill, and apparently the owner is still believed to be hanging out at the place. Turpentine was stored in the mill and caused a fire that killed the owner. He is heard pacing to and fro as he seems to worry about the running of his business. The original cotton waste scale is still inside the restaurant. The unique thing they do at this restaurant, why don't you tell them, Denise? Well, they leave a plate of food and a drink outside of the restaurant, kind of on the back alley. If you want to find out more about why they do that, then we recommend you visit Marietta. At the end of the path, we arrived at Kennesaw House. This building was formerly called the Fletcher House for the family that once owned the building and ran the inn that was there. The building was originally four stories tall, but a fire that started in the corner of the building on the fourth story burned the entire floor and the building is now only three stories. Mr. and Mrs. Fletcher bought the building from Marietta's mayor, John Glover, in 1855 and turned it into a hotel. The house originally was a cotton warehouse that had been built in the 1840s and then a restaurant for some time. 
the Fletcher House was popular and became infamous for something that occurred during the Civil War. James Andrews was a Union spy, and he recruited a group of men to help him with a plot against the railroad. The Fletcher House was the perfect location since it stood right next to the tracks. The plot became known as the Great Locomotive Chase, and it took place in 1862. Andrews and around 20 other men dressed in plain clothes and boarded a train called the General as it stopped in Marietta. The General pulled into the town of Big Shanty, and the chase was underway. The men jumped into action, detaching all the rail cars from the engine, and they threw the throttle forward. As the Confederates gave chase, Andrews and his men cut telegraph wires and used crowbars to tear up the track. They used some of the rails to wind around poles, forming them into a bow tie shape and calling them Sherman bows. The Confederates finally managed to catch Andrews and most of his raiders, and they were hung in Marietta. Other raiders received the first Medals of Honor from President Lincoln. The Fletcher House then became a hospital and morgue, and later Sherman's headquarters after the Union captured Marietta. Today, the building houses the Marietta Museum of History. Hauntings at Kennesaw House include people seeing full-body apparitions of Mrs. Fletcher and Dr. Wilder, one of the doctors who had served at the hospital. And it was really cool because um, our, our host actually had photos that they'd caught on a camera, and it was it was on a security camera, and it was uh, pretty, pretty creepy looking because you could definitely see what appeared to either be a woman or, and then the other one, a man, which they thought might have been the good doctor. Yeah, they were pretty creepy-looking pictures, and they were it, they were very, very bright, so it was almost like you had, um, I would almost call it like having an angelic being in the picture, because they were much, much brighter than the rest of the picture, and of course, in black and white. The current owner of the building hears footsteps on the third floor, even though no one is on that floor. Cigar smoke has also been smelled in different areas of the building. Residual scenes of doctors and patients have been witnessed as well. Charlotte enthusiastically explained the process of amputation in those days. Now it originally had a fourth floor which was the morgue. The third floor was the surgery uh, center. Second, first, and basement were where the soldiers were, were residing in their the hospital beds. Now. Can you imagine back in the 1840s, they had very little medicine and very little staff. So when they came from Kennesaw Mountain, they would come here usually dying of infection from their limbs that were shot off. And the only thing they had was they would hack off their limbs with a hacksaw and use a little bit of corn whiskey to dull the pain. That's all they had. This is the truth. Right here. And you should have seen. She was a little bit enthusiastic with the... We had a young man on the tour with us, probably, what, about 12? 11, 12 years old. And um, when she got done kind of enthusiastically, eloquently telling us what was going on, his eyes were about the bi as big as saucers. <laughs> we just love scaring the little kitties. <laughs> We walked around to a parking lot that was lined on one side with a stone wall that appeared to us to be some kind of wall for protection. Recessed into the wall were four archways that no one has been able to figure out the purpose of, 
but the theory that many believe is best is that these are tunnels that lead to Marietta Square and could have been either supply lines, routes for escape, or catacombs for storing bodies. The city will not excavate the tunnels out of respect, so we may never know what lies in those tunnels, but they run under the city for several blocks. Yeah, and our guide was telling us the entire city, that whole square, is like a complete labyrinth going through, so it would be like phenomenal to find out what's underneath there, and probably way creepy to find out what's underneath there as well. I volunteer you to go down there with a flashlight. I'll wait at the top for you. Sure, I'll take our neighbor Kelly with me. <laughs> yeah, we can't even get Kelly to do a ghost tour with us. I'm sure no, she'd love to go to... into the catacombs no, with you. Kelly's going to. She's doing one of our meetups. Kelly said she would go. Some of the locations that are above these tunnels are restaurants and shops. We ate at one of the restaurants named Hemingway's that apparently was a morgue at one time, and many employees have complained of the spectral scent of formaldehyde. Now, have you all ever heard of Hemingway's? We ate there. <laughs> okay, well, do you know what that was before it was a restaurant? It was a morgue. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, it was. That's what that basement was going to freak you out. Oh, you didn't I went down to go to the restroom. I said, if anything comes out, I'm... <laughs> okay, see? See? Now this... I've been down in the basement. Now I can see that. Now. You see it? Especially when you go down the stairs and it's like that stone. Yes, you see? And you, did you notice they have phantom smells of formaldehyde? Oh, it does smell weird. Doesn't yeah. it? I'm telling you. <laughs> See? So that's the history on that. It also has a tunnel that leads down towards the railroad tracks and down this way towards the square. So just so you know that. And that basement area is very, very strange. Yes, right? Well, it was it a morgue. It is creepy down it, there. Yeah, everything is absolutely cool down there. And did you feel eerie down there? Yeah. Well, like it's now, I don't know, if we'd heard ahead of time that this was a morgue, do you think we would have eaten there, Denise? I might have still eaten there. I don't know if I would have gotten a slab of ribs, though. <laughs> she didn't get a slab of ribs. The food was excellent. We do recommend it as a place to go eat, and the service was phenomenal. Look, we just came into Florida. There's the Yay, sign. Welcome to the Sunshine State. Anyway, I had to, of course, go to the bathroom. And when I asked the waitress where the restroom was, well, of course, where would a restroom be in a haunted city? In the basement. <laughs> so I had to go down into the basement. And I will tell you, as you're going down, they at, at, towards the bottom of the stairs, it's like they stopped concealing what the original stone wall looked like and so it looks like whatever the original stone wall that was part of this downstairs area I, maybe it was part of the tunnels I don't know because it was it wasn't like original brick or I mean, I mean it looked like something had gone down there and kind of excavated through the stone now I didn't notice anything creepy I didn't smell any formaldehyde because they have one of those little machines Denise have you ever ha seen these things that they have in these restrooms now I know it keeps the place fresh smelling that just like automatically squirts a scent but when you're in a small cramped little restroom it seems uh, overpowering those things are stinky if you want good scents get good candles <laughs> So, needless to say, nothing creepy or ghostly happened to me while I was going to the restroom. Thankfully, 
or I might have missed the toilet. Down from Hemingway's is the Vineyard Cafe, which plays host to a ghost nicknamed the Colonel. There's no ghost host in that restaurant. Charlotte was our ghost host. Well, I said, okay. Anyway, there's a ghost there named the Colonel, and he likes to hang out in the back of the building. We didn't see him either. As a matter of fact, we didn't see anything. We didn't have any experiences on this tour. So for those of you who are afraid to do ghost tours because you're afraid something might get you, probably not going to happen. An Irish bar and grill named Johnny McCracken's. Hey, do you have an Irish accent in there somewhere, Denise? I do not, and neither do you, my dear. <laughs> oh, the look of the Irish. There's my lucky charms. <laughs> Last time she did this and same, she sounds like she's from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm a New Jersey Irish gal. <laughs> what was the term? What was that term that I used to say? Oh God, what was it that I would say? Uh, how are you? How are you? How are you? That's the one that you sound. <laughs> so these luckily the Irish is closer. <laughs> how are you? So anyway, I guess we're not going to get hired at Johnny McCracken's to be their uh, Irish interpreters. I'll leave that up to Senior Master Stedman. But this, this bar and grill is named for a group of firemen that were killed in the Cartage Factory Fire in Glasgow, Ireland. This building used to be the original fire department for Cobb County, and then it became a bank. Two working vaults from the bank are still located in the building near the bar. It is believed that the banker, Sessions, is still hanging out at the bar, and he has been known to move money from the upstairs area into the vaults. That's what I call being a total workaholic. Earlier, we'd mentioned that Andrews and his Union Spice were hung in Marietta. The area where many of the hangings took place in Marietta is now just a narrow alleyway that we walked down called Hangman's Alley. People claim that this alley is colder than the ambient temperature, but on the night of our tour, it was so chilly, we don't think that even ghosts could have made the area colder. Don't challenge the ghost. <laughs> We're going to freeze. <laughs> yeah, we had our winter jackets, our scarves, our gloves, our hats, so if you're going to do one of these ghost tours in the northern areas... Uh, we recommend you do that. It definitely got colder and colder as we went. We made a pass of a shop called Eddie's Trick Shop. And it was pretty creepy to peer through the windows at night. Plastic skeletons peer down from the ceiling and costumes line the walls along with trick gags and such. Hauntings of this shop usually occur around the costumes and involve people seeing feet moving about underneath costumes. There's a trap door near the fourth display case that leads down into the infamous tunnels. But the tunnels are blocked, just like the archways we mentioned earlier. The Strand Theater sits at the corner of Marietta Square and is hard to miss with its flashing display screen and lights of the marquee. The theater was built in 1935 and is Art Deco in design. The Strand was the most modern theater outside of Atlanta, and it featured air conditioning, heating, an acoustic sound system, and seating for a thousand. Our guide Charlotte informed us that the actress Joanne Woodward had grown up in Marietta and that her visits to the Strand Theater inspired her to become an actress. Woodward donated money to renovate the classic theater that now plays host to theatrical productions and movies. As is the case with most theaters, the Strand is haunted. You know, that's really weird because just talking to Charlotte, she was talking that um, like ghosts kind of come around actors and actresses. I wonder why that is. I wonder why they attract that energy when I don't look at them as like, 
like paranormal people per se. They're entertainers, so it is kind of weird that a lot of theaters are haunted. That is a good point. I wonder why they are attracted to the whole acting type thing. Maybe it's because they want to pretend to be something that they're not, like alive. (laughs) The movie Gone with the Wind has its own museum in Marietta, complete with original dresses from the production. And we found out a lot of people, I believe she said, you can actually rent the dresses. So if you ever want to look like a Southern Belle, there you go. Rental shop. Not, Not total rental shop, but they have rented them out, right? Is that what she said? She didn't say whether they rent them or if they sold them. So I know that the original production dresses they don't, but they have replicas. So I don't know if people actually purchase them or rent them. I'm not positive. But uh, no, you'll never be a Southern Belle. Uh-uh. But, but um, okay, where's all my people that used to get me boots? Start working on Diane. I need some nice dresses. <laughs> if you want to wear one of them hoop dress dresses, you go right ahead. As a matter of fact, I think that would be fun. I'd roll you down the street. No, 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 no. There was a really cool dress. It was like the last one in the window. Me and the one lady were looking at it. It was really pretty. And I'm sure any price tag on that would be, what, $10,000? So what, you're saying I'm not worth it? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to the show. (laughs) The ghost that resides in the museum is a poltergeist of sorts and enjoys locking and unlocking doors and moving books around in display cases or even taking the books out of the cases. One of the stops with the most interesting and scandalous stories was the Museum of Art, a restored classical revival building. This building once housed the Marietta Post Office run by a postmaster, DeWitt Cole, doing more than overseeing the delivery of mail. He had a mistress named Catherine. She disappeared one day, but it probably was not by her choice because she reportedly haunts the building. She's a poltergeist who likes to play with the elevator and move things about. An upstairs room is also a favorite spot for her, and the staff leaves a light on for her. Charlotte told us a chilling tale about an experience some people had at the museum one night. So, we had some people that came on tour, and they wanted to come see the museum afterwards. We encourage them to come. So, she's such a playful person. So, ghost. So... Just like now, it's getting cold and so your breath fogs up. So the husband the husband and wife, they were there. So the husband says, What are you doing? You fogged up the window. And the wife said, I didn't fog up the window. So she puts her hand on the outside of the window and there was no fog. The fog was coming from the inside. That was Catherine. The other cool thing that we found out is right where um, Charlotte and her, her um, the art museum was, is they, they call that the Bermuda Triangle of Marietta because it's exactly equal distance from all three graveyards that they have in Marietta, Georgia. Now, all in all, this was a fabulous tour and the city of Marietta is not to be missed if you end up in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Atlanta has a lot of stuff to sightsee, but it's the smaller cities that really have the heart and soul, particularly when it comes to hauntings in the South. And the really cool thing for me as I was talking with our our host of the tour is that 
I've really been pushing to go to Atlanta, but a lot of the records and places in Atlanta were lost because Sherman burned Atlanta down, and it's been burnt how many times? And Marietta still has, even though there was a lot of things burned, it still has a lot more of the history there that wasn't lost. So, is Marietta haunted? That's for you to decide. We want to thank you guys for tuning in again. We apologize for maybe the lesser audio production, but we hope you enjoyed doing an on-the-road tour with us. us. For the rest of this month, we are going to be featuring a lot of haunted hotels. So stay tuned to hear about them. We're going to get into talking about the Shanley, the Stanley, and the Queen Mary, among others. If you like the show, we'd love to have your support. Give us a review at iTunes, Stitcher, and make sure to share it with your friends and family if you enjoy it. Thanks so much for your support and tuning in. This has been Diane and Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. Check out the website at historygoesbump.com.